Episode 90 of the Busting Balls Podcast. He's John. I'm Jeffrey. You can hit us up on Twitter at Busting Balls Pod. Email us, bustingballspod at gmail.com. You're listening to us through our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash busting dash balls or the PWOM Podcast Network, soundcloud.com slash pro wrestling only. And you can search us on Spotify, search Busting Balls Podcast. Today's topic, Auf Wiedersehen, Jorgen. John and Jeffrey, mostly John, eulogize a Liverpool boss on his departure and what the future could hold for the Reds. John, what's happening, brother? Well, obviously, I'm in mourning this week. As, as you can see, black armband here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, that's, yeah. not, that's not a Liverpool shirt you're wearing. No, 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 no. Because today, this is, this is vintage. 2009-2010, Newport County, Blue Square South. Champions. This is wow. vintage county going so, back. We, we we have a rarity on this show, uh, folks. Uh, first of all, Chris is not here today uh, for for reasons. But um, yeah, we have a rarity. We have our for the first time in a long time a live match report uh, because one Jonathan Arnold was live at the FA Cup fourth round match, Newport County versus Manchester United. John, take it away. I have to say thank you at the start to my good friend Ado for sorting me out with a ticket. Um, he has a seating ticket there and was able to uh, pass the ticket on to me. So, yeah, so he got me a ticket on the terraces right behind the goal. So I was uh, stood there in those first 10 minutes as Manchester United came to town. To Newport for the first time ever. That was so really came, that was our first time ever at, in uh, Newport. First time they yeah, first time they played wow. at any of the grounds, Southampton Park or at Rodney Parade as we're at now. So they came down. We're, we're going. You know, obviously the town is buzzing in a way it has very very rarely seen. I walk through it. You you walk through the pubs. The pubs are full, and you just think this is the first time, and it's wonderful to because Newport is one of those kind of left-behind towns. It's on the line from New- from Cardiff to London. But, you know, it's one of those, if there's any money coming in, it goes up the road to Cardiff here. It's not something great. I was going to say, it- I, I mean, I, I thought I saw a highway on the... Uh... <laughs> I thought I saw a highway of some kind uh, when uh, yeah. during, during one of the ESPN... Because this game was actually shown on ESPN, so... Yeah, there, there is not too far away. It's the M4, which is the road which goes from Swansea, which is just by Cardiff, over, out through to London. It's it's a major, you know, highway. Yeah. 
So, uh, by, well, the way, uh, mm-hmm. by the way, by the way, you, you want to know who called this game in America at least? Uh, well, go for it. Tell John me, John Champion and uh, Danny Higginbotham, who is seemingly everywhere in the U.S. football media right now because he's on NBC, he's on ESPN, he was filling in on Sirius XM FC th- this week on the football show with Phil Shane. So. So you're telling me this was the first choice commentary team coming up for this one as well. Well, yeah, because they also, yeah, because this is the team that also called uh, Spurs and City for ESPN on Friday. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's immense. But yeah, so United you know, came town, we're buzzing, you know, kick off, everything's wrong. I'm in the middle of, or at the back of the terrace, as I say, because I'm tall. The terraces were absolutely rammed, you know, heaving. So, uh, you know, being tall and being a good guy, I went to the back so I could see fine. I had a great view of the goal. All the kids, they should, it's their day and they need to remember it. So, so Rodney Parade is not an all-seater then? No, um, well, it, it's it's mostly all-seater because that's, you know, you, you're, our regular crowd is way, way, way less. It's somewhere around 4,000. This was, I'm sure it was 10,000 plus. I didn't hear the numbers. But yeah, there there is a terrace there, and on games like this, um, like last week against Wrexham as well. Um, next week we've got Bristol City down, so we've got there. There was terraces were open, and there was a huge extra stand there. So we've had like we had you know Hollywood FC, aka Wrexham, in last week. We have Man United this week, and we've got local derby for Bristol next week. It's a good time to just have all <laughs> be able to get in all those extra seats and to get in all that extra money for a club in the bottom tier of the football league, you know, league two. Yeah. Yeah. So, a yeah, a, a it, team it, that gave Manchester United some trouble. We will, we will add. Oh yeah. Um, um, you know, it didn't start that way. It's fair to say, because it started out Anthony, who should I point out today, if you want any doubt about the morality of Newport fans, got a little bit of stick or game because let's face it. We know what he got up to. Yeah, well, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. right, got, but also, like, as my son pointed out, Anthony is garbage, and he got his first goal of the season. He, he had to go to a, a, a fourth-tier club to score. A fourth-tier club having 70 minutes of football in their legs against a top-tier opposition, and this is what £86 million buys you these days. Yeah, he, well, and, and, and Hoyland, too. I mean, let, let, let's not forget... Rasmus Hoyland also finally scoring. Although I think he may have had a goal or two before then. He's had, yeah, but but I mean, even so, yeah, this is how you score. You know, in yeah, in injury time when a when the a a second League Two club, a team three leagues whole leagues below you, in injury time when they are trying to get a goal back. Yeah, and, and what and what point and, and what place are Newport in in League Two? Um, we are mid table. I think we're I think we're about fourteenth. Yeah, league that sounds somewhere. about right. So there, yeah, there's like seventy four places or something between yeah. the two. We're in no danger of relegation, but you know, given a good run of form, we might be able to get into the playoffs. But that's a that's a. So how, how a was Rodney Parade when when? You first scored and then equalized. Oh, let, let, let's start at the beginning, Matt. When United, you know, it was it was the worst bit is confirmed. United, the first 10 minutes, 
we, we, you know, I said before the game, if you're a low league club, what you do to the bigger clubs, you go, you, you put a couple of tackles in, you know, you, you, so you risk a yellow maybe, you know, you, you see, are these guys up for it? Do they, are, are they going to resist us here? And Newport did not do that. No spoilers. United were 2 0 up in 10 minutes flat. Mm. And it and they deserved it to be honest because they just played right through Newport. Newport just stood off them, didn't seem to know what to do. They were they were faster than we were. They were hurt, you know, they were hitting 25, 30 yard passes. They were ahead of the game. Newport didn't catch up to them for a good 15, 20 minutes. Because uh, United could have gone 3-0 up. There was one, I think it was... Was it Anthony or Garnacho went for a spectacular goal? Went a square I ball. I, I think it was Garnacho. I think. Garnacho, yes, thank you. Went went for the bar. Hit the bar, went over. And, yeah, and at that point you thought, you're 2-0 up, they're, they're cruising against a League Two side. We, you know, we were, okay, maybe we get a little bit of pride back. And then... And this was at the other end of the ground for me. So I had those two first two United goals up close. So, yeah, yeah, fine. This is what we expected from a game against a Premier League side. But they then went up the other end. And, yeah, there was a little bit of deflection. But Brim Morris hitting one from 30 yards. And, you know, the, the roof went off the place. Oh, that goal was incredible. That goal it was, was incredible. Just, oh, oh, yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't, I could help. It was at the end of the ground, so I didn't quite catch the details till afterwards. So I was like, half time, you know, okay, here, what, how did, bloody hell, that's a good strike. Yeah. I know it was a reflection, but man, perfect. So you're thinking, that was good. Maybe we've got a little bit of a shot here. So you get to half time, 2 1, or, yeah, fair enough, I can take that. Second half kicks off, so it's coming towards us. So yeah, yeah, I, you know, this ball goes out, out to the right wing. Cross comes up, beautiful cross. Will Evans, who is the highest non-penalty goal scorer in the the football league system here, gets in ahead of Emi Martinez and puts the and just slides the ball across the keeper into the net. And my God, I have never heard a noise like it in Newport. You know, our house is about 20, 25 minute walk from the ground. Wow. Carolyn, Carolyn could hear that. Over the TV, could hear that noise. Wow! Oh, it was wild. You know, every that was the last joy you got in that match. <laughs> it, it was, but you know, you're, you're talking. Uh, we're playing a Premier League side. We've gone two nil down early, and we come back and make it two all. And you, and you know, they what they didn't go ahead again until for another twenty five minutes. Yeah. We we didn't create that much. United didn't create that much either. They pretty much scored after after that first fifteen minutes. They pretty much scored all all the chances they had. Yeah, well, they, uh, they they struggled again. I mean, let's face it, they struggled against Newport County yeah. for for a good chunk of that match. I'm t- I'm t- um, McLaughlin out on the right, um, Scotty Bennett in midfield, the veteran that we've had there for years. They were fantastic. They worked their backsides off. United, I was watching, I was just didn't know what their attacking plan was. They didn't seem to, you know, a side that got at them and worked, they didn't seem to have 
any plan for that. Right. I was not impressed. You know, they, they played as a bunch of individuals. Uh, I thought Bruno had a good game for the most part on that. Um, Luke Shaw down, down that left, it played really well. But for the rest of Anthony, Anthony kind of, as, as, as the joke went, I was texting my, my, you know, one of my oldest friends who was a United fan, and he was saying, Anthony's actually found his level here. Mm. And yes, Anthony, you know, he has pace. That will always get these, you know, defences at a League Two level. They're always good for them. But uh, yeah, you know, in the end, last 20 minutes, United scored and they were, you know, I think there was there were one or two saves, maybe a couple of opportunities to shoot that didn't quite happen for us. But it was a, you know, a great game and it they did the city proud. And that was all we were really looking for. That's all you expect of a cup tie. You give these guys a scare. Yeah. And that's what we did. And it, it was, you know, it was once that, you know, we've had, I think City have come here, Leicester have come here, I think Leeds might have come here, um, you know, Spurs, Leicester, Man City. But they're not a name like United. You know, United are, if you want to draw a club, you know, you want to draw Liverpool, you want to draw United, you want to draw Arsenal, you, you know, the big romantic names of the game. Right. Well, let's real quick go on to some other, some of the other uh, cup happenings. Uh, Man City finally score at the Tottenham Stadium after six attempts. <laughs> yeah, six took them visits. a long time. Took them a long and, time. And, and was that actually a foul on the keeper there? Because it looked that way to me. You know, it looked to you know. I I tell you, I I watched that replay a couple times. If it looked to me like if anybody was doing the fouling, it was the keeper. To me, no, it, it can't. It, it's Man City. The foul was obviously the other way. Come uh, on, yeah, but it's Spurs too. So uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Let's uh, talk about another uh, a, 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 another big upset in the F. Let's talk about an upset in the FA Cup. One year. Yet your 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 previously aforementioned uh, partner may not want to hear talk about on the, on this podcast. Uh, Ipswich Town okay. losing. Cover your ears, dear. Uh, yeah, uh, Ipswich Town losing two one to Maidstone United, who play in a much lower league than even Newport does. I, I believe there are ninety something places, ninety four or something. I heard something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this was. Again, obviously, I saw this game. It was one of those games. Ipswich did everything, almost everything, right in that game. And it, it was, as another friend said, it was one of those games. You put it on Football Manager, Championship Manager, and you lose that. It, it, it's, it's a rage quick for you because <laughs> the ball is not going in. This is not your day. Yeah. Well, we yeah, also yeah. had. We also had a couple of five twos. Uh, first of all, Brighton. Doing, <laughs> uh, Brighton doing in uh, Sheffield United yesterday, but then of course this morning before your match, uh, Liverpool five two over Norwich. Absolutely. Uh, uh, did you see the last goal in our game? I think it's Borja. Is it Sanez? Sanez? Or uh, actually, I did not see it because I I, I oh. woke up a little late. And if, so if you can pick up the the last Norwich goal. In our game, have a look at it because it's fantastic. It's a goal of the game easily. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, 
we're sure that other things have happened. Uh, transfers not being one of them. Transfers have been really slow. Yeah. In, uh, in, in this January. And, and considering that this is, you know, the one where we're, you know, we're supposed to get, you know, Ivan Tony and some of these other transfers were supposed to happen. But yet, um, yeah, we, yeah, we have heard nothing. And the window closes in a couple of days uh, from yeah. when we're, we're recording this. But you know what? Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some other managers because I know we have a main topic of Jurgen Klopp, but there's been some other managers we need to discuss too. Um, first of all, Jose Mourinho shown the door at Roma. Um, the fans, the fans, not happy. How many seasons has Jose been at Roma now? I think that was at. I think he was like. This is like. This might have been his third one. Yeah, a third season for Jose Mourinho, and he sacked. Get out of town! Yeah, right. But also, you know, at the same time, the fans did not want him to go. No, he was... Um, I mean, they're, they're not in a particularly bad position, but just on that run of form they've had... But they're not a particularly good one either, it must be said. Well, it's not a particularly good run of form, but it seems a little bit of an overreaction from where I'm sitting. But what do I know? about running a football club. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, I mean, trust me, we are not the biggest fans of Jose Mourinho around here, but this just this just seemed a little out of left field, and I, I don't think it, it, it's terribly right, to be honest. No. no but, I'll go with that. You know, that that's, yeah, it just doesn't seem right to me. I, I can't pretend I didn't laugh, but it's not right. Yeah, I mean, it just says, I mean... I mean, especially since Jose was prepared to stay at Roma. Yeah, you know, he 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 was prepared. He was like, yeah, I, I want to stick around. You know. Yeah, I'm, I I think his absolute top level managing career is over because I think you know the game moves moves by him because the game moves by everybody eventually. Yes. Still, so yeah, this was his yeah he this was his third season at uh, this was his third season at uh, at Roma because he started in in, in the twenty twenty one twenty two season. Yes. Uh yeah, replacing Paulo Fonseca. So yeah, I mean, just just goes to show, huh? I mean, what what, what are you gonna do? Uh but in other managerial departures, let's talk. Um, Let's talk Xavi at Barcelona. He will be stepping away at the end of the season. Yeah, what's that? Two, is it second season? I think he's this been is, in charge. Yeah, this is his second. That is a slightly more of a shock. I know they have been on for, and they had a wild game against Villarreal yesterday. Yes, they did, and which they lost five three yeah, um, at, at, at home. Yeah, you know Villarreal went two 0 up early on. Barcelona came back to lead. And then ended up just conceding goals to lose five three. They, I don't think anyone who goes to Barcelona is in a winning situation there. They, you know, they go on and it's become a running joke in football about pulling levers here, financial levers, because they have pretty much since since Pep left have just been buying to try and keep up with Real Madrid, to keep up with the Premier League clubs, to keep up with Bayern Munich. And it's caught up with them. Yeah. And, 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 we, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. You know, somewhere down the line, just take a season or two, dudes, because that because you're going to need to do that. You cannot 
compete season after season. You are not, you are going to make some bad decisions down the line, no matter how good your recruitment is. Well, you know, remember, let's not forget, and remember that that 2001-2002 season when they were like in the doldrums, and you know they oh. got they got a couple of critical loans, including you know Edgar Davids and Ronaldinho, and yes. they shot up. You know. Yeah, and, and uh, one of the one of the great finishes to a season as well with that that hat trick was it? Was it Ronaldo? I think hat trick. Off uh, the top of my head, I don't remember. Oh, it, it was it was one of the most magnificent hat tricks you'll ever see. The last one was an overhead kick from twenty five yards or so to win the game. It, oh, right. But as it stands now, Barcelona are in fourth right now because Atletico Madrid are 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 winning right now. They're they're beating Valencia two <laughs> nil. Um, yeah, Barca are in, they, they are in, uh, they are in fourth, 11 points behind Girona, Girona and, 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 yeah. and, and, you know, 10 points behind Real. Um, it should be pointed out though, that both Barca at Letty and Real have played one less game than Girona. Yeah. The, uh, you know, at this point you go, it's not. The manager, because the manager has contend with the club who, which has no money, which is, I believe sold off future revenue streams to fund winning now, trying to win now. Yeah, and that how's that working out for them, boys? It, it's it's not. It just really is not. No. So, um, yeah. So let's talk some other managerial news. Uh, Troy Deeney. Was managed. Go ahead. One of the greatest comedy managerial reigns you will ever see. This was, uh, yeah, this, yeah, he he did, uh, he did less than a cloth. (laughs) Yes. He did less than a cloth. 29 days at Forest Green, the bottom team in in the football league, we might add. Um, He was, uh, he was fired a day after getting a four-match FA ban and fined fifteen hundred pounds for. Uh, let's see if I can get the exact quote here. Uh, when during a match, he told a fourth official, "If you weren't a referee, I would punch your fucking head in," and also called the official a fucking weasel. <laughs> let's not pretend that some of us haven't thought that kind of thing at times. But if you're a manager, yeah, no, you can't you, really you, say that. Yes, personal standards, dude. Ooh, and and boy. also, he'd also called out his players in public as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, which is never a good sign for a manager when they start calling the players out in public. Yeah, but at that point, you know, it, that usually happens right at the end of a manager's reign. Yeah, so, yeah, Troy Deeney, yeah, decent goal scorer, but, yeah, that, holy shit. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. So, uh, good luck to Forrest Green in the rest of their season. Absolutely. Uh, ho- hope they get to stay up in the football league. But, uh, but boy, we, we had another situation of a manager behaving badly this week that has actually led to a positive outcome. Oh, oh go ahead. Um, go ahead. So, uh... Nenad Bielica, the manager of Union Berlin, uh, lost Wednesday. Uh, they had their makeup game against Bayern that got called off for snow. Um, 
a uh, the manager got a three match ban by the uh, the Day F Bay for shoving Leroy Sane in the face. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So so he also got fined uh, twenty five thousand euros. Yeah. So it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. So. You know, and he's uh, he's been their manager since November. I think that's about when they started falling off a cliff, wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah, not far off it. Uh, hmm. Oh boy. Uh, so yes. So cut to today's match against Darmstadt for yeah. uh, for Union Berlin. Uh, history was made not because Union beat Darmstadt one nil, but because the manager that took over was the first time a woman had managed a Bundesliga match. Wow. Marie-Louise Eta, who at one point was part of Union's uh, youth system, uh, got got called up to manage the side today, and uh, they won it. 1-0 uh, from, a, from, a, from a goal uh, by Benedict Hollerbach. How far ahead of... In real elite, does that put the Bundesliga though? I right. I mean, yeah, an actual yeah, we had an actual female manager on there. By the way, she has credentials in football for being a Champions League winner. Uh she won the the women's champions league in twenty ten with Turbine Potsdam. Oh wow. That's a hell of a feat then. Uh, I can't fault that at all. Yeah, so you know, yeah. Yeah, we, we had our first women managing a Bundesliga match to a victory at that. Yeah, I, I, think, I think British football, there's only been, I think, again, we go back to Forest Green, at the, which was pre-season before the appointed manager. The, the caretaker manager was a, was female, and that's it. Wow. In English football. Yeah, so, what? yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I, English football needs to step up now because now the Bundesliga is showing you up. English spot. football, French football, Italian football, Spanish football, every other freaking country, guys. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you're being shown up here. And, you know, so, yeah, this, that's one of those rare things where, yeah, we have a bad situation that actually ended positively and historically. Yeah. that That's, ama that's amazing. Well played, Union. Union are one of the best-run clubs in Germany right now, which is saying something because Germany tends to have some of the best-run clubs in Europe anyway. Right. Um, so it seems to me that I, I think uh, I think Union might actually be safe, uh, if if you ask me. I think they're 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 going to be uh, above because just because Darmstadt, Mainz, and Köln are just that much worse off. They are currently yeah, they currently have a game in hand. They currently have a game in hand with Mines. Uh, they're five points clear of the relegation promotion playoff uh, playoff spot in the Bundesliga. That's uh, currently held by Köln. So they have a five-point gap on Köln. Yeah, it should, it should be fine. Yeah, yeah but we, we shall see how the rest of the season goes. Especially since they don't have the Champions League anymore now. Nope. All they have is the Bundesliga. So... Yeah, so anyway, uh, that's all I got for now for our Newsy segment. How about you? No, that, I, I, oh, was the, did you see the game in Belgium this week that has been ordered to be replayed? I have not. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there was a bad decision from a VAR. It was, I believe, it, there was an encroachment at penalty, therefore the penalty should have been retaken. Right. VAR missed this. So 
I can't remember the clubs off the top of my head because my phone is in another room at the minute. So there was an appeal on this in that the VAR had missed a decision. And the decision was that the game would be replayed because the decision was wrong. Then now, do they replay it from the point of the bad decision? Or do nope, they replay they, it in total? The total game. Boy, that's a precedent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, I that's, a, that's a precedent that I'm sure a lot of people in England are looking at like, ooh. Because I wonder how many, I wonder how many uh, replays Arsenal are going to be owed. Hey, I'm talking to how about the Liverpool one? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, Liverpool will be, yeah, Liverpool will be owed the one against Spurs too because of that cock up. No, 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 I'm not denying that. So yeah, uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting one to keep in mind in case that sets a precedent. Yeah, let's 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 put a pin in that one, as as, uh, they like to say in this in this culture. So, so uh, other than that, I think uh, we we've got the news and we've got our our main topic coming up here, which is Alfredozane Jurgen. John and Jeffrey, mostly John, eulogize the the Liverpool boss on his departure and what the future could hold for the Reds. Please stay tuned. With the second half of episode 90 of the Best in Boss podcast. This week, we have eulogies. We have funerals for you, baby. It's Alf Wiedersehen Jürgen. John and Jeffrey. But let's face it, it's mostly going to be me. I'm going to be talking about Jürgen Klopp. How he's the greatest manager in Premier League history. Oh, fuck off. And what comes next for Liverpool and the Premier League? Uh, John, yeah. J- John, I, I, I know you're in mourning. That doesn't give you the right to talk shit, okay? <laughs> Just, <laughs> we, 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 we don't talk bullshit on this program. Although, you know what? Before we go much further into this, it just hit me. This is episode 90. Yeah. We're, we're going to crack 100 in 2024, I think. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, technically, we oh already did, but if we take all the... The, the pod blasts, yeah. Pod blasts and all the other special things we've done. But, yeah, I mean, that's... Wow. Well, that's something to ponder, isn't it? <laughs> Are you saying we've wasted our lives here? I'm not not saying <laughs> that. <but laughs> so, anyway, yeah, the, uh, the, the bomb dropped... Uh, the bomb dropped on Friday that uh, Jurgen Klopp is uh, resigning his position as Liverpool manager after nine seasons uh, at the end of this campaign. Um, yeah, I- I'm a little surprised, first of all, that we even got the eighth and ninth years out of it because seven seems to be his ceiling historically. 
But, yeah. um, you know, like, you know, it's, you know, Jose's three and <laughs> Jurgen's seven. If you go through all of his history. Um, yeah, I'm sure you've got some feelings here, John. So I'm just going to let you, uh, let, let you take it away. And then, uh, and then we're, uh, and then, and then we're going to talk some real shit after that. So go ahead, take it away. Yeah. Well, you know, this, it came absolutely out of the blue to everyone because Jurgen Klopp, when he signed that extension, you know, he has often said he has never broken a contract. He's always seen his contracts out. So I wasn't necessarily ex expecting to extend beyond that 2026 that he was extended to already. But to see him go this early, it's, you know, it's a shock. You've had Liverpool fans, the older generation, going back to 74 when Shankly left again, out of the blue, completely blue. For me, it reminds me of, uh, I, I think I was still just about 16, 1991, when Kenny Dalglish resigned. That one came out of the blue too. Again, Kenny Dalglish being really wise on his own, his own health, his own well-being, because he, you know, as well as managing Liverpool, in an era where, let, let's not be unfair, the media attention wasn't, as intense as it is now, there wasn't that social media thing. But Kenny Dalglish had taken essentially on the burden of making, you know, helping the city heal as best it could from Hillsborough. You know, he had made sure that he or his players had attended every single funeral. He had had to deal with that. He had, you know, he had given help to inquiries. He had been there for people. That, you know, you understand. In retrospect, mental health wasn't a thing at the time that you talked about. But, you know, now you look back and you go, how the fucking hell did we allow him to get in that situation? Why, where was the counselling? Where was the help for him there? And, you know, maybe you said you should have had, say, take some time off and see how you feel and then come back. But no, the thinking wasn't in there at the time. That was, to me, the biggest shock of, of you know, lifetime. And now, you know, again, 50 years after Shankly, um, we're talking 33 years after Kenny, out he goes. Out, out goes Jürgen. And I, I yeah. feel like you're overlooking Gerard Houllier, too. However, oh, who? who no, because, because, of, because of his health um, situations oh, no, no. that he had. It, yes. It, it, I mean, that was a return that was in the middle of the thing. And his actual leaving was expected because. We he really hadn't had gone backwards since finishing second in 2001, 2002. It had been all uphill to that point. And then, you know, it went downhill. He, he made some bad signings, you know. El Hajduf, who was not... not he was the, a character. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, let's not think of that yet. And someone like Salif Jow, who just... Who was a really hard worker, really good character, but not good enough for a club like Liverpool. At that, at that time. So, yeah, Houllier was expected to go, I think, because we just scraped the Champions League that year. Well, excuse me, but as I recall, I think that um, Liverpool actually finished second in the Invincibles year. So, I, you kind of... No, 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 no. Chelsea finished second. It was Ranieri's Chelsea finished second to you in the Invincibles year. We finished... Fourth, if I'm not mistaken. Are you sure about that? Yeah. We finished second to Arsenal in 2001, 2002. Mm, okay. I, I'm, I'm I, I'd have to look that up. But anyway, the point is, I mean, yeah, I mean, 
Anyway, let, let's get on topic, though, with, with Jurgen, though. I mean, yeah, again, this just seems – it just seems out of the blue. I mean, it's it's good that he's made this announcement now. Yes, absolutely. Because, and, because this will give Liverpool the proper time to get a manager in. I, I think the important thing to look at is that he let the hierarchy of the club know, although not the players, not anyone else, just the you know the guys in charge, he let them know in November that he didn't want to carry on. So if there has been nothing going on behind the scenes about, you know, finding a new manager, having at least informal chats them, the way FSG have run, they, they've been efficient. They, you know, it, it's not a bad thing to say, but they would always have a succession plan in place for Klopp. Because how, however good he is, it's a, no matter how good your manager is, no matter how legendary they are, you need to have a contingency plan in case anything happens to them suddenly, as it has now. Right. And, and they so, learned that lesson with Julier, too, it, sh- it should be oh, said. Oh, yeah. Well, well, we had Rafa lined up that year, so that was fine. Because, <laughs> you know, Rafa was, at the time, one of the managers in European football, having just taken Valencia to a couple of Spanish titles. Right. But... Yeah. Um, and boy, yeah, wasn't, but, wasn't that back in the day when you could say, hey, Valencia winning Spanish titles. Oh, my, oh my Lord. Yeah, yeah. We're saying Deportivo, they're in contention as well. Oh, God. Wow. Remember, remember the last, remember the, the one La Liga season that came down on the last day to Real Madrid and Real Sociedad? Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, man. But anyway, again, we're, we're, we're drifting way off topic here. Um, so I guess. I'm going to look at it from from my point of view on this. Is that again? Yeah, this is. I guess he told, as you said, he told the club hierarchy that he was going to be departing back in November. I'm surprised that the rumor mill didn't start then. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's a sign of how tightly Liverpool is run these days. I think because we don't have that many internal leaks compared to other clubs. Um. So let me ask you this, because th- this has been brought up a couple of times. Yeah. Now, mostly by by chinwags on on call in shows, but yes, with Mo Salah also being in his, let's face it, he's in his sunset years right now. Yes, there's, there's no two ways, right? Thirty two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean he he's on. Yeah, I mean he's already on the wrong side of thirty, and most players don't usually improve as they get older. <laughs> Yeah, at, 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 at this point, yeah, Mo has adapted his game, but it's fair to say he is not the guy who could who would just effortlessly outpace defenders yeah. anymore. Do you, do, you, do you wonder if there is a situation where Klopp looked at? I mean, he 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 read the tea leaves much in the way that maybe Alex Ferguson read the tea leaves and <laughs> saw that this you know the the what what was forthcoming for Liverpool. Maybe he didn't want to be a part of this. <laughs> he didn't want his name attached to it because of what was forthcoming. Yeah, I, I think it's slightly different Ferguson. Ferguson seemed to build a last team to deliberately go out on a high for him because he built that team around aging players. You know, you had Vidic and Ferdinand at the back who were very much the wrong side 30. Robin Van Persie up front, um, I think he was 30, might even be in his 30s, when United signed him from Arsenal. Yes. And I know that, um, you know, time X, who didn't have quite as many miles on the clock. But the thing is, Klopp 
if I think if that had been the case, he would have gone last season because last season Liverpool were visibly in need of a rebuild. That midfield, you know, for a lot of that time, you had Milner in that midfield, you had Fabinho in that field, you had Henderson in that midfield. All the wrong side of thirty, you saw that midfield. They worked hard, they did their best, but they were slower, they weren't as hungry as the younger guys coming through. And, you know, over this summer, you you know, you brought in McAllister, you brought in Shabozlai, um, you've had the young guys coming through, you've Curtis Jones has been a vital part of that midfield. Yeah, the the, the kid from Celtic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, Connor Bradley has come through again. Yeah. Uh, the whole group of these top sides, as I was saying to to Brent today, you have he brings you have side he brings in youth team players. You know he brings in Connor Bradley. He's brought in your back. It was James McConnell today, who come in, and they do a job. You you know to unsettle the rhythm of a club side. You need you you probably need four or five players out. If you're not talking, you know maybe. Allison, maybe Van Dyke would be the only two players who you could say, okay, we're in trouble if they're gone. Right. But, but I mean, this is also a, during a period where Mo Salah is off on Egypt. He's, well, on, I, well, yeah. actually, he's injured now. He's, he's injured he's, now. He's yeah. heinously injured. And then, you know, Takumo Sano is out at. Uh, and Wataru Endu. Watara, I'm sorry. Where did I get Takuma Sama from? I'm, I apologize. <laughs> Watara Endo, um, yeah, out, out on Japan duty in the in, in the in the Asian Cup. And I I know there's been the kind of what passes for the Premier League mid-season break in there, but you look at what's happened when Mo, while Mo and Endo have been away. We went to Arsenal in the in the cup. I don't want to remind you of it, but you know we went to Arsenal in the cup and we won. Yes. We went to Bournemouth, who were in form before that, and we won 4 0. We've just beaten Norwich in the Cup, which, you know, maybe you'd expect it 5 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should be beating Norwich 5 2 at Anfield. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's a team that hasn't missed a beat. And to me, as I said, you can look at all the great players top on. You can say, yeah, he signed Arsenal. Yeah, he signed Van Dijk. Yeah, he signed Mo Salah, Sadio Mane. Uh, Bobby Firmino was already there. Some Bojlife. <laughs> Darwin Nunez, for goodness sake. Uh, Diego Jota. But, he, oh, but that, to me, misses the point. The point is, it didn't matter if, you know, he signed top-of-the-market players like Alisson or Van Dijk, who were very much top-of-the-market. It doesn't matter if, you know, you signed players who were just about on their breakthrough, like Salah. It doesn't matter if he, you know, he finds Trent Alexander-Arnold, he finds uh, Beck, he finds Bradley, he finds McConnell, he finds Curtis Jones. He takes players and he makes them better. He, you know, the solution in modern football for most fans, and, you know, it's what Sky generates excitement for over here on transfer deadline day every single time. It's based around spending money. It's based around, you know, oh, I wish I had, you know, Lionel Messi. I wish I had Ronaldo. I wish I had Kylian Mbappe in here. And Klopp does, Klopp go, yeah, they would be nice to have. But he can make, he can get every single drop of talent out of players. You know, Andy Robertson, he was a fullback at Hull. He was a Celtic reject. He played for the United. 
and he became one of the best players in his position in the world. That's yeah. what Klopp does. And, and, you know, there is no way you can find a like-for-like replacement for Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, you, and, you might... and, yeah and, and that's going to be my next... Yeah, that's going to be my next topic is where does Liverpool go from here? Yeah. Um, and you can look around. There is no there, there is no manager out there with that combination of personality, of talent, of knowing when to delegate and when not to, to, you know, to almost be the battery that powers the club. You're not going to find that. So you have to go, what's the strategy going forward? Liverpool have to look... Uh, you know, with with because we had a temporary director of football essentially, Jorge Spatka, and we will need to find the director of football as well. So, do we point the director of football first, then the manager, or do we point the manager and get them to find the director of football to work with? We don't know on that. Um, but at, you know, at this current point, my theory would be pretty much the same as most of the fans is. You look at what Xavi Alonso is doing at Leverkusen. You know, he he took over last year. They were second bottom of the Bundesliga, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and he took them up to I can't to yes to European football in in that kind of three quarters of a season. Right, and he hasn't unbeaten this year. I kind of my yeah, and, and, to... and by the way, yes, they are still. Yeah, you know, I, I just. To point out, they are still in the lead in the Bundesliga, although their lead has been cut down to two points because uh, Bayern won, whereas uh, Leverkusen could only draw yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that is the obvious one. The one thing that concerns me is that Klopp, it was a way he could treat, you know, he, he understood football as fans, yeah, of course we measure football in silverware. Klopp didn't. Klopp measured it in partly in what are you bringing to those people who follow you? What are you bringing to fans? Are you giving them that escape that they need on a, on a weekend or on a weeknight? Are you know are you making their lives better? And he was, and that's where he was. But he understood that's, and that's why he worked so well at Liverpool because. Liverpool wants to love the manager. Liverpool will respond to that joy like almost no other city in the world. I'm sure other cities will, will certainly come, people will come and say, but we would, we would, we would. Yes, you would. You know, it's, it's Liverpool that, that's primed for this kind of personality genius by Shankly, by, you know, even Bob Paisley was quieter, but of much that same ill. Right. Well, I mean, and when, I mean, look at when when Klopp took over. I mean, he had taken over from the remnants of Brendan Rodgers, and yeah, you know, um, yeah Brendan and, Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers without Luis Suarez, nah. He he did. He, he went. We can't replace Suarez, so we'll try and do oh Balotelli and Mario Balotelli. God bless him. He's he's entertaining, but he ain't any kind of major star replacement that you need. What, what, what do you think the chances are that Brendan Rodgers is polishing his resume right now? <laughs> you know what? Someone asked me this on uh, Blue Sky the other day, and I went, I'd hate to deny Celtic the joy of another season of Brendan Rodgers. 
John, I hate you. I just, I, I think, I feel after 90 episodes of this show, I think I should probably just come on and say, I, I hate you. Yeah. 90 episodes, I kind of got the idea. <laughs> How dare you, sir? What did Celtic ever do to you? Oh, nothing to me, man. Nothing well, okay, well. <laughs> But I'm not having him back at Liverpool. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope. no, yeah. Yeah, Xavi Alonso seems to be the... <laughs> Say again? Changed the locks on the door since he left. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, if it's possible for a football manager to be a carny, I think Brendan Rodgers certainly has earned that oh, yeah. status. Did I, did I know it? Um there was one time, I think it was on the last day of the season, Swans, I think it was the end of Swansea's first season in the Premier League. I was, we were coming back from, I think it's from my sisters up in Leicester, and we stopped at a service station, and Swansea, it was almost the same time, Swansea's coach was coming back from Old Trafford on their last day. And then, you know, the Swansea coach was there, and we walking by, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. And the Swansea fans were chanting, we love our manager. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> And Brendan Rodgers, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Was was Rodgers in charge during that uh, when they when they went to that cup final? Was that was that him? Uh, ooh, they talking. Uh, it might well be. I, yeah, I, when, when we had the controversial who who actually gets a hat trick <laughs> penalty. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, Brendan. Yeah, for for Liverpool's sake, they better hope. Brendan Rodgers is not throwing his name in the hat again because yeah, we we've lost his number. <laughs> we go to the school and wouldn't know us. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, well, I mean, it will be just like him to stab Celtic right in the back yet again, but you know, that, that not that you say what? Not that you're bitter at all. No, not at all. Not at all. No, I have not said this at all once that he never should have come back. <laughs> Um, so if Xabi Alonso does not want to leave Bayer Leverkusen, who, who else reasonably could take over? And, and, and furthermore, is there any chance in hell you're going to get anyone the like of Jurgen Klopp at, uh, back at Liverpool to, to, to bring that same sort of, not just energy, but commitment to doing what Klopp did? I, again, I don't think that that he ex- that that person exists. You know, no one to make that. And the two names there are two names I have seen, um, and I th- I think it's quite reasonable that you go that everyone goes. Oh, is a Brighton manager up for it? Because look at what Brighton have done. They they have a really good succession plan for management. We're talking, we're talking they, Deserby, not Grand Potter, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Deserby, who has done really nicely. And the other one I've seen, and I haven't, admittedly, haven't looked into it too deeply before this weekend, was uh, Ruben Amarim at Sporting is apparently on the radar. Yeah, I don't know so, much about him. No, I can't say I have. He, but, you know, he, Sporting, I, I think, said they, they played near enough 190 matches. He's won 132 of them. And twenty-seven, so he has a pretty damn good record. 
Um, particularly in points where you know, say Porto are used to being dominant. So yeah, I, I could see why he's on the radar, but I, but what what um, I, th I think one thing that did surprise me was that um, that all of Top's backroom staff are going with him as well. Uh, Pep Linders and Vitor Matos as well. So I was expecting. Linders to be in the frame for the job when Klopp left, to be honest. I thought there might be that kind of shankly paisy succession with that. And he has been taking charge of the team. You know, he's done the press um, conferences for the, the the Cup games, for instance. So that kind of did surprise me. But I, I would say that the fact that he's off suggests to me that's been ruled out. So it will be a, a manager with experience of and that... But beyond that, Liverpool, I think, will be guided by analytics, by the kind of you know the kind of manager they want, who plays the style that Liverpool have become used to down the years. Well, at least you hope so. But who, I mean, as to who that is, unless analytics find some you know diamond in the rough you know football manager guy, you know. Yeah. But, you know, if, so this, if, if this we, is where this is where Chris would have been handy on this episode. Yeah. If we knew who a diamond in the rough could be, we'd all be appointed them. Let's face it; <laughs> they'd be cued to their door. Well, then I'm throwing myself my my name in the hat. I mean, I don't, come on, I, I don't I don't even play football manager, but I'll <laughs> throw my name in the hat. Um, now I I want to see you running in front of the cup and giving it the fist pumps. When we bumped Arsenal five 0 I want to see you go into the cup and in front of the cup and giving it everything. Well, that's a little different because I will have been the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it starts here, Jeff, the Liverpool manager. Come on. All right. Um, so, on a more serious note, because we've seen this happen now, uh, we've seen this happen with Manchester United once it once uh, yeah. Alex Ferguson left. We saw it with Arsenal even before Arsene Wenger left. He had a little bit, little bit of a renaissance before the end, but yeah. um, you know, you know, someone like Arsene when someone like Arsene Wenger left, um, you know, Chelsea have had you know a slew of top managers that have won them the title, but then they usually get fired the next year. Yes, I mean that that first Conte season, they were brilliant, and then the second one is just like, boom. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, so are is are Liverpool supporters prepared to fall off a cliff a little bit? Because history dictates that that's what's going to happen. There is. Well, you look at Liverpool's history. When Shankly left, Paisley came in. Oh my God! Just, just you know, someone who took what Shankly had built and won the ton of trophies at one, you know, four, three European Cups and set his successor up for a fourth one. Right, so, but also this was also a much different era between yeah, Shankly absolutely. and Paisley, and now between Klopp and question mark. It was absolutely. football was a completely different game. Yeah, but the th I think the thing uh, with you look at uh, Man United. Alex Ferguson essentially got to choose his predecessor, uh, choose his successor, and that was not a good idea. Clearly, well, I still, I still think David Moyes kind of got hosed there, but uh, he was on the hiding nothing. He he wasn't 
up to that. I don't know if he's up to the job of running a club with that kind of big era. He 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 is perfect for you know Everton as was in the two thousands, West Ham as they are now. He he's a very good manager at kind of a a mid level club. Well, right, but but also, I mean, I think that that time ruined him. Because I number one, I still think he should have been given the full season. But I mean, look at what what Moyes had done at Sunderland, his first stint at West Ham, and at Real Sociedad. Yeah, and he he is a decent manager, but again, it's hand. Well, you no, handle- no, no, no. He did awfully at those other three jobs before his second stint at West Ham. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God, that Sunderland one. Yeah, right. well, that's what I was saying. I think that... We're all thinking I, Moyes was washed. Right. I mean, I think Moyes got hosed. I mean, just be behind the whole chosen one thing. Look, I, I, I think that that hosed him. It, it set him up for failure that he, he couldn't... He, he, it set him up for a failure. I still think he should have been given a full season at Man U. He but, did. I, I think the problem is, again, with, with the Klopp thing, if you want a manager, there will be points where a manager will go through adversity for whatever reason. And the trick is, have they got enough to come back for it or are they on a downward slope? And in football, it tends to be at the first time of trouble, a manager gets hosed, gets done. Ferguson at United, when he had kind of rough patches, he had credit in the bank all the way, you know, from the start. It's like, okay, this guy won the title for Aberdeen in Scotland. You know, you don't win the title if you're not Rangers or Celtic in Scotland, essentially. You're right. You're talking, you know. Right, but we we also all know the Tara Fergie banner, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was was that. Um, Yeah. But again, he had credit with the people who matter, who were in charge of the club. And again, because they, you know, they said he had a plan. They they say that he wouldn't have gone if they'd lost that particular match against Forest in the Epic Cup in 1990. We'll never know. It's a what if. But again, Klopp, you have him in the back. He just comes in, and he, you know, he immediately connected the team with fans. You know, so that after that, we got a last minute draw against West Brom. He took the team to the to the, you know to the cop to say thank you to the cop, and it got ridiculed at the time. But hey, that's paid off in dividends and spades in the long term here. Well, yes, but also let's not forget too that when Klopp got hired, yes, he had won the Bundesliga titles with. Uh... This is what I mean with, about it. With Dortmund, he had that, yeah. but also he had a reputation for fa- for stumbling at the final hurdle in the Champions League against against Bayern Munich, which yeah, and then- which, which he he bolstered that. I mean, he still has a losing record in Champions League finals. Oh God, yeah. Well, he's lost two with Liverpool, and um, yeah, exactly, he, yeah, he lost in Europa League final in his first season, but. If we win the Europa League seat this season, and given the teams are in it, we're favourites, and that's kind of quite justifiable, I would say, without jinxing it. Jinxing it, you would look at Liverpool and go, "They are the side you'd expect to win that competition." Out, of who's in there? If he wins that, he will have won at the on at least one occasion every single trophy he's competed for as a Liverpool manager, which I believe is a first. You know, think so about tonight. Pretty much, if we go back to Shankly as the first kind of modern era manager, he has done something absolutely remarkable. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously he did. He won Liverpool a champ, you know, the title. 
for the first the time. Title? Yeah, and that is never going to be forgotten. You know, and once and, and he, he may, may, and I, I stress the word may, do it again. He he may go out with four trophies yet because we are still in four. You know, we, we're in one of the finals. We're still in the FA Cup. We're favourites of Europa League and we're currently leading the league. He's got us in a good competition. Yeah. The thing, so that so the back to my question not. though is does it can is Liverpool fan are the Liverpool support prepared to not have that high expectation for at least maybe a season or two? There's always a fringe that say FSG out, which which contends that. Liverpool what you know, Liverpool won despite the ownership, and I think that's absolute horseshit. Um, but yeah, you, 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 there's no, yeah, you know, it, it, it was like Liverpool fans were almost in mourning on Friday. I, you know, I, I was like, you know, oh, I, yeah, I, I knew when it was next, I'd be sad. I was like, I didn't expect myself to, you know, start almost start tearing up at the news because I, I, I did. It's, it's not just that he wins it's it's the understanding of what it means of what everything means it's it's that connection to the fans he he is you know he is up a very he's professional to his bones and i'm never going to say that you know he said he said again i can't think as a fan but he knows what the fans need out of out of it he gave liverpool so many moments uh, you know, do, will the next guy give you you know, we said you had two of your best fours out. You had, you know, and you and you left back, and captain goes off at half time against Barcelona when you need to win four nil to reach the Champions League final, and he achieved that. And you know, it, it's all those comebacks. It's it's just that kind of relentless team. But they they never, you know, is it never give up, never give in. Will we get that off next guy? We don't know. We we might you know, we will probably get it at least next season. Because they'll still be on that same mindset, but it, so, it's the uncertainty. Well, one we la- right. One last quick question: Does Klopp take over the Germany job? He's going to have at least a year off. So if he does, there will be an interim manager after Nagelsmann leaves after Euros. But I could see it happening. Yeah, but do, you, do you see Jurgen? Could, could Jurgen Klopp lead Germany at the at the next World Cup? Yeah, quite easily. Why not? Okay. All right. So uh, we're kind of running out of time here. So one la- so one last statement on this from you. Oh man, I I you know I, I grew up on Kenny Dalglish and his great song John Barnes, Beardsley, Aldridge up front, and that I thought would never be topped. But you give you say to me at the start, this is what Jurgen Klopp will give up next nine years. You know, maybe a couple of seasons which aren't quite so. I would take that all in a heartbeat. I would do it again. All the heartbreak, all the pain, and all the highs and the lows. Allison scoring up that header against West Brom for God's sake. I have adored it. It will not be the same next season, but we'll we'll see. How how do you follow Klopp? I don't know. Good luck to the next guy. 
And if uh, you out there in listener land have any thoughts about the departure of Jurgen Klopp, you can hit us up on Twitter at BustingBallsPod or email us at BustingBallsPod at gmail.com. You have been listening to episode 90 of the Busting Balls podcast through our native SoundCloud feed, SoundCloud.com slash Busting-Balls or the PWOM podcast network, SoundCloud.com slash Pro Wrestling Only. And you can find us on Spotify, search Busting Balls Podcast. John, I think you've said your last words for uh, for, for, <laughs> for, for today. Have. So I think we're just going to call it time here. Uh, we should be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, and Chris should be back with us, too, when we do that. So until then, it's, uh, it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. We'll uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks.